What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. You're listening to Locker Room Hype. As always, I'm James Fairchild. And I'm Aaron Pena. What's going on, everybody? Thought, thought this week we weren't going to give you a episode, but we uh, we sucked it up. We're going to give you one today, we obviously. Man- <laughs> we, we managed to squeeze in uh, an hour, an hour and a half for you guys. So Yeah, well, we just got some stuff coming up, you know, so we got to be safe, you know. You know, before we get started, you know, uh, just want to give a shout out to my friend Kellen Lane. He's getting married today. Uh, supposed to make it to his wedding, but, you know, obviously I couldn't make it for specific reasons. You know, we're not going to go into details of that, but uh, just want to give him a shout out, man. You know, I wish uh, you and Lauren, you know, a lot of happiness. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, I wish I could be there just so, you know, like I said, just to be there for support, you know. Y'all are great people, and uh, like I said, I hope y'all have a great day, and hopefully none of this COVID crap will be remembered, you know, especially, you know, during your wedding day. All right, they're pretty brave to uh, continue it, but couldn't have chosen a better day. Today's been beautiful. It's been a very beautiful day, exactly, man, so, yeah. You know, that that rain lot uh, yesterday and, you know, this morning, and it was really nice, so. It was nice. It was about time we got some rain. I know. Definitely needed it. But. You know, man, you know, what's cool today is that I, I called James and uh, we were, you know, FaceTiming like we always do because, you know, we're that bored. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was purchasing tickets today to the game that we're going to go to July 2nd. You want to explain a little bit? Yeah, July 2nd, man. Baseball's back at Hodgetown. It's not going to be our beloved sod poodles, but, you know, there's going to be some collegiate teams that are going to play. There's going to be uh, te- 10 teams made up of active college players from different colleges and universities across the nation. Each team is going to have about 30 players and play a total of 30 regular season games followed by a postseason. So from uh, June 30th all the way through July, there will be a game every night at Hodgetown except for Mondays. Mondays, yeah. Right. And Sundays, games are going to start around 6.05 the, the rest of the week. They're going to start at 7.05, and we're going to go Thirsty Thursday on July 2nd. You know what's pretty cool is that Amarillo got two teams out of all the other cities out of everybody. Yeah, man, I was surprised. You know, does that show that Amarillo actually has a bigger baseball? We have a good market for it, man. I mean, yeah. Think about how the turnout was last (coughs) year at every game. We had a man, ton turn, of fans. Turnout was ridiculous. You thought like you could just go and man, no, it was packed every night, and it was cool. It was really cool, you know, especially getting to sit in that general mission. It's not a bad seat anywhere in that place, right? I, personally, I mean, it's one of the most exciting environments for baseball that I've been in for quite some time. I oh, mean, of are. course, it doesn't rival, you know, the MLB or the Rangers or anything like that, but for the Panhandle it's such a great venue for you to take your family out to or go out with a group of friends and just relax and have a good time and watch some good baseball. But that's the thing. We saw good baseball. Right. I mean, I know the Padres organization kind of gets, you know, less in the, you know, in the dust and everything because they are in the NOS, which is not a strong division unless you're the Dodgers. But other, I mean, shoot, we saw some damn good players this last year. I think they're going to have a good shot this year getting to the triple A if not to the big show here pretty quick. Right, and we saw a lot of players get um, 
pull down and play with the sod poodles for a few games. And we got a lot of, we saw a lot of players get pulled up. I remember when Tatis came down and, and played for a few games, that was a huge deal. He, yeah. you know, just him playing with the sod poodles for a few games brought even more fans to the stadium and, and to come out to see, you know, the saw poodles in action. So, but you know, like I said, shout out to the saw poodles. If you haven't got a chance, get online, get your tickets. I mean, I know you can wait of the day and go up there and go buy it, but you know, you get an early advance on the tickets. It helps, you know, with the small local business, you know, kind of get ready for what's going to be coming up. Right. And you know, you're going to witness some of the best collegiate talent in the nation at Hodgetown, which is something exclusive that as a fan, you're going to get to experience that a lot of other, uh, you know, minor league clubs around the nation, fans in general, won't get to uh, experience this year because a lot of teams, you know, their season's not going to happen, just like the Sod Poodles, I mean. So we're, we're really excited to, to see the, the type of talent that's going to come through here within the next month. It's going to be pretty cool to see. Well, you know, speaking of uh... – you know, baseball and everything too, man. You know, like I said, this year is going to be a little weird. You know, not getting to, not, you know, not getting to watch the Texas Rangers. You know, I get to at least, I watch at least about a hundred games on the TV with the Rangers, and then I try to make one or two games every year. You know, especially this year since they had the new stadium, I was pretty excited. But yeah, I was super excited, but that's not going to happen. We're not going to be able to see them in action. I don't, at least no, I don't think. I don't think we're. I don't going think to. we will. But their name has been in. It's been a challenge. It's been challenged. Spotlight recently. This this writer out of Chicago. I'm going to say names, but out of Chicago, thinks that the Texas Rangers name and logo needs to be changed because it represents our law enforcement here in Texas. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, that name has been around since 1971. I mean, why now? Why now change it? You know, and I'm I'm not going to get into that, that realm. But, I mean, the Rangers. I mean. Right, our beloved Rangers. Yes. It's very, it was surprising to me that the name was controversial. Um, you know, the Rangers have been in existence since 1972 when the Washington Senators moved from D.C. to Arlington, and they've held that name the entire time. I mean, the name was protested when the team moved to the city years and years ago, which I never heard about. I didn't know that was uh, even an event that took place. I can, I can understand, you know, playing devil's advocate here, the other side to – the, the the rise in tensions, you know, throughout the United States and the world at this moment in time. But changing the name is, is pretty drastic, especially for the Rangers' sake. Well, I mean, I, I can understand maybe the Redskins and some names like that that are kind of uh, – They have, have the some racial they, undertones to them. Yeah, they, they're more related to the natives and everything like that, which, I mean, that's understood, you know, because that's – but the Rangers – Man, when I think of Rangers, I always thought about Texas Rangers, our baseball team. Right. I don't I've think never, of a I've, law enforcement character. I or never person. really thought about our law enforcement of the, uh, the the Rangers. I mean, I mean, really, I have it. I really just like when I hear Rangers, I'm like, oh yeah, my Texas Rangers. What's up? You know. I mean, that's just one of those things I I really wanted to talk about just a little bit. It's just it just annoys me, man. But you know, it just somebody trying to get a 
little uprise on trying to change our, you know, one of the one of our Texas teams' names, man. Right. And it's it's not right, man. And I know the Rangers. You know, they're great. They're a great organization. Of course, they're going to stand for the equality. You know, for anybody, man. I mean, I mean, how? I mean, most of their team is, you know, I mean, Venezuelan, Puerto Rican, very culturally diverse. Yeah, exactly. So no matter what, like, like they, they don't, they, they don't, they, they, as much as it's you know, kind of on it. right, as much as it's um, a little bit funny and weird. I, I mean, I do understand the stance of, you know, the outside opinion of the name because it's been associated with violence in the past, you know, hundreds of years ago, but you know, we're, we're in the 21st century. And like you said, when we all think of the Texas Rangers, we think of baseball. We don't really as fans dig deep into the history of the actual name of the team. Uh, I just, I've never thought of any negative connotation being associated with a Texas Ranger, but after reading, you know, some things online, in some of these articles, I can understand an outsider opinion or stance on this topical issue. It's just, I don't think that the name's going to get changed. There's a we can, no, we could it's, it's, go on forever and, and speculate and, and dig deep into the history of teams and the background of where, yeah. where they originated. And we can dig up trash on anybody. We can dig up, you know, negative history on almost any organization that we can think of, but exactly. But don't go to my Rangers. <laughs> don't go to my Rangers. There, there just comes a point where you just got to let it go. I mean, it, yeah. it's just it's just the name of a baseball exactly. team. They don't they don't represent any of the horrific things that m- might have transpired, you know, hundreds or or, or decades ago. It, we don't know. You know, it's just it, it's it's weird to just me. Don't mess with my Rangers, man. They, there's a reason why they're called the Texas Rangers, and that's what I'm going to go with. It goes with the yeah. history of the state. I mean, that's uh, yeah. that's recognizable yeah. with any brand or any um, team. Usually, it's historically significant. You I know, mean, I mean, right now you can go against you know you can go against Houston Astros. You know, they cheated, but you know who cares? Yeah, I mean, you can go. They just got caught. Go after most of these organizations <laughs> for caught. for whatever reason it may be, whether it be you know social injustice or you know the the negative history behind a name or a trademark or a logo, you could, you could dig deep with, with any professional team or any minor league team for that matter. But I mean, it's just, it's a little bit unnecessary to me and I don't think that they're going to change the name. I do think that the, the conversation is healthy to bring to attention for everybody to, to have, you know, a, a good amount of discourse, but maybe we can just change the way that we all treat each other moving forward. I don't know what else we could do, you know, we just got to all love each other. E-L-E, right? Exactly. <laughs> everybody, E-L-E. Everybody, everybody love, love everybody. everybody. That's right. That's all we can do at this point. I mean, Thank you, thank you, Mr. Moon. Mr. Moon. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, do you love me sexy? Love me sexy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. But moving on, we don't want to get too political on, on this channel, but on this podcast, know, but... We got to get on about what's going on with the MLB, though, man. You know, like... We do. And, you know, this is our number one favorite MLB team, and it, it is something that's recent in the news. So we just thought we'd touch, you know, a little base on it and uh, shed some light on the situation. But moving on to the current state of the MLB, I mean, we've got, got some indecisive uh, decisions coming up. It's got too much, man. I mean, right now, I mean, 
Major League's trying to throw out these prepositions, and you know, and then the Players Association is, uh, you know, I mean, there's it just goes back and forth, man. There is not a happy median, but you know, right now is, you know, the offer right now is to play seventy games. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, James? Um, well, the league actually as of today is sticking with its most recent offer of 60 games at full prorated salary. And at this point, the MLBPA executive director, Tony Clark said in a statement yesterday that the MLB informed the association that it will not respond to the latest proposal and will not play more than 60 games. I just want to see the baseball league come to some type of agreement where we can get our teams back on on the field and finish the season. I don't like the idea of a season not finishing out. I live for watching those games in October to get to the climax, man. The World Series. I I want that to happen. But at this point, there's so much that's up in the air. You know, with the NBA, the NBA has made some decisions – well, yeah, but, man, they're trying to. I mean, there's a lot of decisions that they're going to make. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to make best for yourself and your family. You know, and I, it's one of those, and it's, it's, it's like, man, you get paid millions, but it's, is it really about the millions? It's not. You know, you got to worry about what can happen to yourself and then also, like you said, your family. But, I mean, right now, I mean, they're trying to take the best, the best precautions they can. So right, and with the coronavirus, yeah. that's another side to it. With with all the the um, the decisions going back and forth and not really coming to uh, an agreement here, the dis- the coronavirus is another issue that everyone's having to deal with right now. Whether well, it be the MLB or NCAA or well, the thing about it, what didn't help either is that the Philadelphia uh, Phillies, uh, their facility faced eight positive tests. Among players and personnel, man, you know, it's like, it's like, man, you're trying to take these, these steps and then boom, it, something pops up like this, you know, it's, I mean, golly, man, I mean, it's like, where, where do you take that first step, you know? Right. All the MLB training camps will temporarily close after these multiple teams have reported positive coronavirus tests on Friday. And, you know, there's this huge spike right now in Arizona and in Florida. And, you know, Arizona and Florida were the the places where the games were supposed to uh, be concluded and played out. With the spike in coronavirus in those areas, I don't think there's any possible way that we can continue the season, which I'm very bummed out about because, like I said, I want to see this thing play out. We need a champion this year. I was really optimistic at the beginning, but, you know, day by day, my optimism has kind of faded and faded and faded to the point where, heck, I don't, I just don't have the faith at this point that this is going to happen. And I I wanted the World Series to get here eventually, but, you know, with the coronavirus, it's just putting a, a really huge damper on on everything all the progression with the progress that's been made it's kind of been halted and i just don't see the, even the players sacrificing their health to come out and play as well Nah, man it's one of those it's there's just 
it's you're, you're like, man, you know, you, you get paid, you get doing this. I mean, they're going to take the best precautions, but like, you know, like they said, when you get out there, it just pops up. It just comes out of nowhere, you know? And it does. And it's like a domino effect. It's <laughs> it one really, after another that, exactly. that get the virus. And, and you know, if you do get to a point where you can start playing these games and um, allowing them to unfold, what if there's an instance where you have a game, everybody is negative before the game, you know, yeah. leading up into it, but afterwards – you have these guys here and there that are testing positive and those, those initial tests that were given before the game started weren't necessarily hundred percent accurate. And now you've got a bigger problem on your hands with so many new cases popping up here and there. And then you've got to quarantine these guys for two weeks. They can't finish the games that they have, you know, planned to play against one another. It's, it's very upsetting that that's an also, that's a big possibility, oh, yeah. you know, but <sighs> Well, you know, with the MLB, man, like I said, there's so much stuff in the air, you know, with it. And it's going to continue. It's going to continue on. You know, like I said, hopefully they'll come to agreement. Only the scary thing right now is, I don't mean you love baseball, but we even, like, we, you know, like I said, we even love college football even more. And Exactly. You know, man, and a lot of, a lot of these big universities are trying to take the best opportunities to try to get workouts started and everything like that. But now it's starting to, the COVID is starting to come around these players too. Yeah. Uh, one of the big ones that came out uh, just a couple of days ago, LSU, national champs, everything like that. Uh, at least at least 30 other LSU uh, out of 150 players have been uh, already been isolated because of the positive of the, the night, COVID-19. Now they got to test the other people who they came and talked uh, or who, who they came in contact with. Man, that is a big, you know, LSU. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a huge, these, huge organization. These huge Power Five conference Division One programs are not immune to this virus. You know, you even saw at Clemson twenty-eight positive coronavirus tests, and that was as of yesterday. That's not only the student athletes; that's also the staff. And they they came back on campus two weeks ago. Twenty-three belonged to. Football players, five to six of them are just staff members. So it's not only going to affect student athletes, it's also going to affect your staff, your equipment guys, your health and, and, and nutrition staff, your strength and conditioning staff. I mean, everybody, your coaching staff is susceptible to contracting this virus. And it doesn't just go away. No, I mean, just like in like a UT on Thursday, they announced that 13 players. Uh, including two that reported last week, I've been tested positive for COVID nineteen. Man, I mean, it's just like I said, man. It's like the domino effect, man. It just keeps going, going, going. It does not stop. It doesn't stop. I mean, even the the entire school of at Clemson announced they have a total of three hundred and fifteen tests that they conducted a few days ago, and. You know, 28 of those were positive, but how many more of those tests out of that, those 315 are going to be positive in a few days? Exactly, man. And or next week. You know, even like I said, I know that's kind of an old article, but, you know, we talked about Houston, uh, U of H. They also had about six or seven uh, athletes that came out positive, too. I mean, and the thing about it, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to single out these only you know universities but these are the ones that really came out and stood 
you know, in in place. So, I mean, it's just, you think about it, it's like, man, these big time organizations that we thought, you know, they're, I mean, they're, they're doing the best they can. They really are. And I know they are. But somehow this little virus is just getting, getting them, man. And it's getting them hard. It is, man. And it's derailing not only, you know, the season, but classes on campus are being postponed. I know that um, a lot of universities were planning to have in-person uh, courses this summer, but a lot of them have retracted that uh, plan and gone back to online classes. And I think that's going to happen in the fall as well. I can't see, you know, colleges having students come back on campus and attend classes where you have anywhere from, from 30 to 60 to a hundred people in one, one room, one yeah. huge room and expect to have the proper amount of social distancing to keep everyone safe. You know, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, about, you know, it's, you know, is the game really worth saying, Hey, you know, we'll go out play for a couple of games. And then, then if you get it, you're mandatory in two weeks, mm-hmm. quarantine two weeks. I mean, but plus at the same time, the effect that it has on your body too. I mean, that, that that's tough. It's kind of those things. It's like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, that's just one of the big questions. Right. How do you handle it? Because, exactly. you know, like I said, you could go into a game and everyone's fine. But after the game, within a day or two, you what if you have guys that start showing symptoms? You're going to have to contact the other university that you just played. And they're all going to have to get tested immediately and, and probably quarantined as well. Because let's face it, football is a contact sport. You're you're. You're swapping DNA with with other guys. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, high collision impacts all over the field. You know, your jerseys are, are sweaty. Your pads are sweaty. It's just it's a petri dish of the virus. Every every time you step on the field, and you know, I'm worried about the fans in the stands as well. But most of all, I'm worried about the players and what they're going to try to put in place to keep them safe because it, it all depends on them. If they can keep them safe, hey, the games can go on and we can have a season. If they don't take the necessary precautions for these guys, we're not going to have a season and that's going to kill me as a fan. Oh, yeah, it's going to kill everybody as a fan, but it's also going to kill the universities, you know, the fan base, everything like that. I mean, it's going to – we got to be expecting big changes coming up here in the next couple of months, you know, with what's about to happen, you know, and as much as we sit here and we talk about, you know, like, you know, yeah, you know, we're coming closer, but are we really coming close enough yet? It's just, it bothers me to the, it bothers me about the unknown, you know, there's too much, there's just so much unknown right now. And like I said, we can talk about if, what if, what if, what if, and that's where we're at right now. It's like, that's all we're we're at, but it's it's it just, one of those. I you can't even compare it to anything because nothing like this has ever happened. Yeah, and it's just scary because because we we we've seen it go very you know simple, but we've also gone it you know to the mild cases, the, yeah, and then there's those severe cases. And I think, in my opinion, um, you know, in more heavily populated areas, <clears throat> the virus could be you know, a mutation of something different and stronger when you have a concentrated area with, with a huge high number of people living in one area in one location. I just think, you know, when you get to those major cities, the virus is, is worse, you know, 
isn't that a possibility? It could be worse. Like in a yeah. place where there's more people like a New York city versus, you know, Amarillo, Texas. Exactly, man. I mean, these bigger cities just are, people I mean, are getting it faster. People are spreading it faster. And you got to understand dude. And you, you know, I, as I call, you know, as previous college students and everything, you got to understand who, who you're coming in contact with. You're coming in contact with people all over the freaking United States, if not the world too. You know, you get, you get those, you know, students from different countries, right? All that. I yeah, mean, you have you just, students going, you know, abroad, which many of them are not doing anymore. It's just uh, people are traveling. It doesn't matter how much you can. You tell these these students or these these individuals that are part of the university not to travel back home or not to go here or there. They're still going to go. You can't physically stop these kids and no, these man. people from traveling different areas around the world you know you have students from west texas a&m that are from all over the united states and they go back home and and, and they go wherever they must and that just continues the evolution of this virus and the spread of the virus without all everybody just still traveling you can't really suppress it or contain it it, it is what it is and you know what we're all gonna get it we're all gonna have to learn to live with it it's just gonna be part of our normal world these days and it's pretty pretty bizarre, man. It's like a movie, to and, be honest with you. And also today, what just came out, too, Kansas State suspends football workouts for 14 days after another positive coronavirus, and that's coming out of 14 athletes out of 130 that tested positive. And yeah, man. I, I dude, mean, most, most Big 12 schools, most schools around the country, I know we're, we're really uh, focused and concentrated on the Big 12 because that's, that's who we, uh, we follow the most. Even, you know, at OU and Oklahoma State, they've had two to four positive tests within the last few days. Most of the teams in the Big 12 are having this issue. I haven't heard of any any school that's not really experiencing a coronavirus scare right now. Most of them have reported that they have student-athletes who are testing well, positive. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to be in a positive side real quick, okay? Just real quick. Go ahead. Texas Tech landed a graduate transfer from Alabama. Mm, I like that. What position? Running back, baby. Oh, hey. So he's going to be an immediate impact. Townsend. I like that. He's going to be a grad. He's a grad transfer. Sorry, guys. You know, I'm not – you know, that's that's usually what Texas Tech has been known to do is land these transfers. That's good. Oklahoma's land some good transfers as well. We don't care. I don't care if you don't care. I care, okay? (laughs) Defensive line is what Mm, we need, brother. We need defense. Yeah, you do. We've gotten some good ones. But, but, you know, like I said, man, we're we're here. We're going to try to hopefully, man, hopefully – Hopefully, like I said, hopefully we can get some good news here in the next month or so with college football because, like I said, man, that's something that we look forward to for Saturdays, Thursday right. nights, Friday nights. You know, there's there's just a lot of stuff going on. And like I said, man, hopefully, you know, prayers to these players and their families and, you know, and the doctors, you know, hopefully they can get a good stance on this and maybe have a good protocol you know, also for the rest of, you know, sports and everything going on, especially especially for our Cowboys. You heard oh, yeah. about our Cowboys, man? Yeah, man. We had some. Uh, the cow- you know, the Cowboys and the Texans exactly. have had yeah, tested positive for COVID-19. I mean, it just even goes to the professional ranks as well. 
there's no immunity to this stupid virus. I hate it. I'm tired of it. But you know, I, Ezekiel Elliott tested positive. Exactly. That was one of the biggest, big one, one of the big names that came out. You right. know, so he's gonna be fine. These guys. Okay, let's just be honest here. These guys are highly tuned in their prime, athletically, health-wise. They're gonna have the means to fight this thing. And you know what? A lot of the cases that I've heard of are mostly mild, especially with the, you know, the age group, you know, anywhere from 20 to 39 years old. Um, for the majority, I'm not saying all, but for the majority, I think it's really not that aggressive for that age group. Well, no, it's not. I mean, and these guys have the, the, the immunity, the, not the immunity, but the immune system to fight. This they thing should off. be able to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you're a high class athlete and everything, you usually are, you're taking in the supplements, you're taking, you know, all your vitamins, everything that you need in order to be at the highest performance, you know? So I, I see, you know, like I said, I see these athletes, they're going to get it. They're going to get it, but they're going to, they're going to fill the mile. I hope, I hope so. And I pray so, you know, cause you don't want it to turn into anything, but at the same time, you don't want it to spread to their families. You know, that's the one thing that, Exactly. Yeah, just I hope they can find a way to to nip that because I know I mean I know those professional athletes. You know, after a long day at practice, a long day at the game, they want to go home to their families. You know, they do. Yeah, that's important. Very, very important. Well, they're gonna, according to the NFL, man, they're gonna test these players three times per week and isolate the ones who test positive. So there's a ninety percent chance. Reliable saliva testing is available before players return to facilities later on. So at least they're going to get tested quite a bit. And I know that the testing has evolved, hasn't it? They're, it's coming back quicker now, and they're not having to like oh, yeah, exactly. you can, take that long-ass uh, <laughs> Q-tip and jam it to the back <laughs> yeah. of your brain. Yeah, I mean, it's that's one of the things. They're getting the results back faster, which is good. But, you know, at the same time, is it, you know, is it accurate? You know, we, that's the one thing that we got to really pay attention to if the accuracy is is right, you know, so because you don't want to be negative and then you do have it. Right. And I'm, then you don't want to be positive and then, you know, not take the right precautions. I mean, there's there's just so much up in the air. And, I, and you know, the training camps for most clubs is roughly six weeks away right now. So they're really going to have to get on yeah. the ball with, coming up with strategic plans to uh, to test these guys on a weekly basis. The NFL is really having to work overtime to make all this safe for, you know, not only the players but the staff and everybody that's associated with football. I mean, you, you look any given Sunday down there on the sidelines, it's not just football players down there. You've got oh, you've got your coaching staffs. You've got your you got the staff. You've got, you got cheerleaders. you got the – Yeah, exactly. No, we don't want to ruin the cheerleaders. Yeah, exactly. We need them. Keep them in a bubble. <laughs> Especially our cowboy cheerleaders. We need them. Exactly. Don't, don't go away. <laughs> you got the cameramen down exactly. there. I mean, but that's the thing. And as you know, uh, I mean, everybody should know, you know, at, at a game, you got people, again, all over the world there. You know, mm-hmm. it only takes one or two people to just boom, and it spreads again. You know, so it's just, man, you know, well, it's going to be interesting in these next couple, you know, next couple of months. The, the encouraging news, though, is that a lot of these players that have gotten it in the past, 
have made full recoveries. Like Von Miller, you remember when he yeah, tested exactly. positive? Von and, Miller, Coach Payton, you know, he, I mean, did I get it right, right, Coach? From the New Orleans? Yeah, Sean Payton. Sean Payton, you know, he got it, but he's good. I mean, you know, whenever we saw him in the draft, he looked great. Yeah, man. You know, it, and that's good. You know, it, it gives good news. And like I said, hopefully, you know, hopefully that these guys, you know, if they beat it, maybe they, you know, some of the scientists can use their their blood or whatever they need. <laughs> right. You know, and maybe help out, you know, with some others that really need it. So, I, I mean, that's, that's the thing. We got to do our part in trying to help out. I mean, don't be afraid of. Don't be afraid don't of be trying afraid. to help, you know. Yeah evolve the progression of science to get this thing under control. Exactly. I hope a lot of people are willing to, uh, you know, contribute to that. Step up. Yeah, exactly. So we need, we need this virus to go away and hopefully within a year, year and a half, two years, we'll have a vaccine and it'll just be something that we have to get just every be, year. Right. Just be another flu shot. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. So, but you know, like I said, you know, just like I said, let's, let's try to, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, I know that we love our kid football, but we're really, really hoping these next couple of weeks are coming up good because we got the NBA really, really pushing hard to come back. What do you think, James? Man, I was really, you know, feeling good about all this with the NBA coming back. And then I heard a lot of guys are just not real enthusiastic about returning and you know, with the state of the world and everything, I could see this uh, NBA season not finishing out, even though they've approved the league's plan for 22 teams to return in Florida. Um, you know, it's just a combination of everything that's happening right now, the social injustice with the coronavirus. I just, I think it's not 100% going to happen. Um I know they've made plans and everything with, with being in Orlando, there's just going to be so many hiccups along the way where they're going to try their best to make this work. But in the end, it's going to be a total shit show. In my opinion, what do you think? <laughs> it can turn into that real quick. We all know that. I mean, we've already, you know, seen what's going on in college football. I mean, it's, it's turning into that also, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, well, like I said, man, there's too many what ifs. But they're making the biggest push out of, you know, out of any organization, really pushing hard on this, you know. And I, I, I know some of these players that, you know, like you said, they really came out and they're like, nope, I'm not doing it. And, you know, and that's understandable. You have that right. You got that right to say no, you know. And by all means, go ahead. <laughs> you know, nobody's putting a gun at your head. So right. if you don't want to do it, don't do it. It's okay, man. It's all right. You know, but these other players that, you know, hey, this is their life. This is what they want to do. You know, support them. Support them. You know, and they'll support you. Right. You know, I don't think, hopefully they're professional enough not to be like, oh, man, you're you're being a wuss. (laughs) You know, hopefully they're not like that. Right. I mean, I understand players opting out because of the risk to be, you know, exposed to a severe illness. And I understand players opting out because they just – they're not up to it, man. They just, they don't want to, they don't want to put the, uh, the equity in at this point. It, is it really worth it right now? Especially if you're one of those lower seated teams, uh, like 
the Washington Wizards. Come on. <laughs> you know, if they're I'm coming, a, they're coming back. They're coming back. If I'm a if I'm a oh, man, I mean, a player on the on the Wizards team, man, I'm not going to be real enthusiastic to even participate in this thing or even want to risk my health and safety to you know, not even win a game. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't blame the players for opting out. No, man, I don't blame them one bit cuz I mean I mean, like I said, man, it's your personal choice. You got that You got that right. So, you know, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Stay at home, you know, and that's fine. Right. Get ready for the next season, though, the, you know. The NBA and the NBA PA have, have recently been in contact with the players to get a better understanding of how they can work together to address issues and try to find some common ground on getting as many players as possible to rejoin their teams. But – I mean, logically thinking and realistically thinking, I just don't think it's going to be 100% buy-in all the way across the board. And a lot of these teams are going to come in, you know, with the deficiency with not having the full roster or the full talent there. But it is what it is, man. I understand both ways if players don't want to associate themselves with the rest of the season. But I see a good, I see a pretty good little timeline of what the NBA is trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the games won't start until July 30th. You know, that's a month and a half away. Got a, that's a long time. So that gives the time for teams to make sure to develop. Right. The seating of the games. The right in. protocols, everything they got to mm-hmm. do in order. And say, there, say if there was an outbreak there, they can just stop, and that's it. I mean, they can just—they're able to stop. Where it wouldn't affect saying, "Okay, we got here to July 30th." Okay, no, like they're able to stop it before even before the shit hits the fan, right. you know. So, I think they're doing a very good job. I mean, they're doing—they're taking the little precautionary steps. They're doing the best that they can. Yeah. It's just realistically—is it gonna, you know, unfold? the way that it needs to unfold for it to be an effective remainder of the season, which is yet to be determined. But I mean, I could see it, you know, being just fine and everybody who wants to participate buying into this thing and staying in Orlando and really making history here, you know, and then I can see the other side of it as well. Exactly. You know, it's worth a try, man, you know, they're trying and it's, it's one of those, like I said, man, I'm going to sit here and, Gotta pray for him. Gonna pray. You gotta pray for some positive, some positive, you know. And I think, you know, the NBA is doing what they're supposed to do and taking that positive step. Right. You got to. You have to take a positive step. How do you think this is gonna affect, you know, the NBA financially? Because, you know, it is a a fact that 40% of league revenue comes from money built around game nights in arenas. But the thing about NBA, it's international. That's the greatest thing about NBA. Mm hmm. You know, I know like a major league baseball is, is it is international. You don't get me wrong, but MLB is MLB. You know, then you got you know the Japanese leagues, you got the Korean league. Those are those leagues. You know, they're all kind of separate from each other. While the NBA is a true big one, and I know there's stuff overseas that's great leagues too, but not like the NBA. Right. So that's why I think no matter it doesn't matter where you're at, you're a big NBA fan, no matter what. And the players are already having 25% of their paychecks for this season withheld to account for the loss in revenue as yeah. well. You know, man, the thing about the NBA, they, I think they do a good job of what the, they get paid and their money. You know, 
I think it's a lot. You know, I know it's a lot different from NFL and from uh, major league, right? You know, baseball. So. And you know, the league and the players will need to make adjustments to the CBA moving forward after you know this is all over with and and, and rearrange how business of basketball operates. It's going to be really interesting going forward to see the financial stability of the NBA and how it's going to look in the future. And that goes with, you know, the MLB and the NFL and the NCAA. Um, it's just, it's going to be weird. It, oh, yeah, it seems like there's going to be, you know, anywhere from five to 10 years of effects from the coronavirus pandemic that's going to take impact on these organizations. And yeah, man, we're just we're, at, we're just barely we're barely at the tip, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> barely scratching the surface. That's what she all. said. That's what she said. <laughs> Perfect. I know. But what about the UIL, but, man? man? You know, okay, so you know, us being coaches now, you know, James over here is a coach. <laughs> yeah, as of a few days ago, I've I accepted a position. He did finally. Finally getting back uh, in it, baby. Back into it, you know. But, Excited. But one of the big things right now with the, you know, with with the UIL is you know like you know we talk we love I love high school football no matter what. Oh yeah. We you know it love is love it. It's one of those things you know and the thing about it, I never knew I never knew this that there was a ban on Friday night games broadcasting it. You know, I never knew that. And I knew that there's some games that get broadcast, but it's up to the schools. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now the UIL is actually going to lift the ban completely. And now anybody in the state that's under UIL can can show Friday night games. That's awesome. Like Facebook or wherever, anything live, which is really, which I think it's really, really cool. You know, especially, you know, for, I, you know, man, <laughs> And here's the thing, you know, that I love about high school football is that, no offense, these old timers that come out, they love supporting their old alma mater. They do. And they love to come out. Very and loyal. This, and this might not, this will get, still give them a way to watch, to watch football. Right. And especially with the accessibility that we all have through streaming and through the internet these days, it's going to be so convenient for everybody to still enjoy Friday night lights in the comfort of their own home. I mean, you know, there's nothing better and you can agree with this oh, man. going to a Friday night, you know, football game in the state of Texas or any state for that matter. And watching these kids play, it's, it's just, it sucks that that reality is going to be diminished, you know, by attending games. It, it is. And I think it is. It's kind of, it, it, it's going to have a kind of a mental f- a factor, but at the same time, I'd be like, Hey dudes, you're being broadcast. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, you. I mean, who knows who's going to watch? You know, there's going to be a lot of people watching. They really will. Because that's, I mean, and, and you know, who knows? I mean. This could be the future you, of how people consume Texas high school football yeah. for a lot of people. But, you know, for most people, let's be honest, they want to watch it in person because there's oh, nothing yeah. like seeing the – pageantry of texas high school football on a friday night under those lights in the fall there's nothing like seeing the 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 emotion the feeling the energy of the crowd and and just the tradition of each school and the rivalries everybody wants to be out there but it's going to be okay 
for one season to everybody, for everybody to enjoy it from a distance, if possible, especially those elderly people that are so loyal that go to every game. Oh yeah, they're not going to be able to go to every game this year, and it's going to put a damper on their spirit and, and their enthusiasm of the season. But if they're able to enjoy it in the comfort of their own home, I think they'll be okay with that. I think it's okay. I like it, man. I think it's a good idea. I'm glad that the UAL is really trying to take some, you know, per, precautionary steps again at first, but really trying to look into the future, you know, and this is something that can really help out. I don't know if you, when you were in high school, if you guys had any of your games televised, there was the game that we played you guys at the year after you graduated PD against Emerald high, my senior year, we had our game uh, recorded and uh, broadcast on, I think it was ABC or news channel 10. Oh, really? And it was, it was, it wasn't live. It was recorded, and then it, they played oh, it yeah, after exactly. afterwards. But even that, if teams and radio stations can do that for the local uh, high schools, that would be awesome. Even if they just record it and then play it later on, just to have something to look forward to for those fans that can't get out there. Exactly, man. that's going to be neat. And I, it was cool that we had got to do that. And that was back in two thousand five. You know, it seems like forever ago. But, You're old. Yeah. You're so old. I wish I still had the tape, man. It was cool because there was announcers. The, you know, it was guys that we were familiar with that were on the news. <laughs> you, just, you remember that ass whooping. It night. wasn't an ass whooping. It was, <laughs> it was 17 to 10. Oh, you still lost. And you know what? And we, you lost a year before that, too. No, it's four, actually, it's 14 to 10. And you know and you what? lost again. <laughs> we had our we winning. Were on a, we were on a winning streak against <laughs> y'all boys. That's right. They were all close, though. They were all close. They were close, but. You know, they were all close. Got that W. The year, your senior year, we had a guy fumble oh, going oh, into oh, the end zone. on the end zone. That's what cost us the yeah. game against y'all we in won. 2004. But 2005, we had our winning touchdown callback. You guys won 14 to 10. <coughs> Michael Carter broke down the left yeah, sideline, and we 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 scored to go up 17 to 14. Got called back. Of course, what what happens when you play Emerald High? That's what happens. Oh, you get the here refs. He goes. Here he goes. You get the heavy influence from the refs and the payoffs, man. It's just oh, yeah. it's oh, yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> you know, who knows are, are what you goes done? on? Are you done over there? I'm still get bitter off about that. Brocks, bro. We beat y'all. I don't give a shit. <laughs> we won that game. But here's the thing, okay? Let's, so let's, still mad. Let's get out of this, okay? Here's the thing, you know, with this, you know, the the, the Friday Night Live band being uplifted and everything, you know, a lot of these high schools have done, you know, as soon as they got the okay to say, hey, let's start our workouts, man, you know, they got on it. But again, again, there's been some, some bad, bad, some bad stuff already impacting with the COVID in these high schools now. One of the biggest ones that I read was about South Lake Carroll. They had uh, they had uh, one of their high school. I don't know how many. They just said one of them tested positive while in the indoor facility in the weight room, and uh, ever since then they just they stopped it. Yeah. Because just in that just just in that one workout, there were about three hundred students in that one workout. Yeah, I mean, man, that's insane. I mean, it, it, it goes to show how fast. How fast it spreads. That's it can spread. And yeah. with us being middle school coaches, man, it scares me to have our oh, kids get back out there. Exactly. I don't. We don't know what to expect. We still don't know what's going to transpire in the fall. 
we can only hope and pray that we have a season, but you know what? If we don't, it may be what's best for the kids. I hate to say it, but we don't want to put anybody at risk and put these kids in a situation where they're fighting for their lives. And the thing about it, you know, it wasn't only just South Lake Carroll. There was also Arlington, Martin, Plano. Mm -hmm. There was a Frisco. There's Burleson. There's Denton. There's Braswell. Sanger, Crumb. I mean, these are teams. These are huge teams. Powerhouse teams. Powerhouse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Also, the West Orange Stark, mm-hmm. Bay City, I mean, Brownsville, San Benito. I mean, these are, I mean, we're not just talking about little teams that just show up and play. No, these are state championship teams. Yeah, state contenders. And, you know, I've got buddies that coach down in Red Oak and. I just hope and pray those guys don't have to experience any of this. And I know that it's probably going to be inevitable, but I wish them the best, man. That exactly. Most success possible this year. They're you going to have a great squad. Just, and it's good, that's what's going to suck, man. These teams that are primed for a huge year, this could really have be a setback for them. And it, it breaks my heart for them or for any you know team that's going to have to experience that. Having star players or, or, or quality players sit out because they've been exposed – and man, it, it just sucks. I couldn't experience, I couldn't imagine being a high school athlete right now myself, having to go into your senior season <clears throat> with all of these parameters. You know, Governor Abbott he said, you know, fifty percent of stadiums are only allowed to be full. Yeah, exactly. So you know, as a high school player and a high school standout, looking up into those stands, sometimes that's everything. Seeing all those fans cheering, well, exactly. and, and then you're not going to see as many as you normally are used to. Well, especially like you know, in, the, in the small towns, if you're thinking about a stadium, right. you know, in a small town, they're going to, you know, what you usually get up, you know, on a Friday night, it's about 200 guys. Now that's going to be reduced down to a hundred people. I mean, yeah. that's right there. That's, you know, if that's what you're accustomed and used to. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be different. Um, there's going to have to be a new level of intensity and enthusiasm that coaches are going to have to implement know. into their program and you know, into and the philosophy of the game. You know, I don't know some people might disagree with what I'm about to say is like, I respect these, you know, I respect these coaches in the school districts and you know what they're trying, they were trying to do. I know that they weren't trying to put any kid in harm, mm-hmm. you know, I know that they're like, oh, well, you need to show up to work out. You know, they want their athletes to be at their best, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I hope, you know, I hope that this does not give a bad rep to any district or any kind of coaching staff or any coaches that, you know, that they they just, they know the kids want to compete and we appreciate these kids coming out and wanting to work out. Like, we do appreciate that, you know, and when this happens, it, it just... I hope they don't look at us coaches or the district saying, well, y'all put them in a bad, a bad predicament. And we're, we're not trying to do that. Right. And we're not, you know, I don't want ever, I don't want ever that anything ever happened to any of my athletes or students, you know, nothing ever happened like that. Most school districts throughout like the Rio Grande, Grand uh, Valley area in Texas have canceled or postponed or suspended their on campus summer strength and conditioning programs and that's another thing that might be uh beneficial for not only the 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 student athletes but 
the coaches in general and just everybody involved, you know, minimizing the time that you're spending together at this point, because let's face it, the numbers are increasing. Even though it's the summer, this thing is still around. Oh yeah. A lot of people were optimistic be, and yeah. thought that it would go away once the heat hit, but that ain't the, that, that's not what's happening, you know? So, you know, eliminating those, those on-campus conditioning programs and strength workouts could be beneficial. I just, you know, I just don't want, I just don't want nobody to get condemned on that. You know, that's, yeah, that's the thing, you know, it, 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 you know, it was an accident, and I, and I hope it stays like that. I mean, like I said, we have, we're, I know everybody in the state is taking the best, the best precautionaries and whatever they can do. And I know they're spraying, they're cleaning, they're doing everything they can so these kids can come back out and do what they want to do. Exactly. It's all about the kids and whatever yeah. we could do as, as coaches or educators to make their yeah, I know. their dreams continue and come I know. true. I'm, I'm all for it. I know as much as these kids don't like, oh, well, we're not at school. Heck yeah. I know they're, I know they're not. But the social interaction, I know they miss. Oh, yeah. I know they miss. They've got to miss I mean, it, man. They've you know, got to miss the camaraderie I, of being I, around a team. Exactly. And I miss, I miss talking to my kids, man. I talk Me too, man. I, miss, I really do. You know, just, I know I don't mind talking to adults, but talking to a, a young man or woman, and it's, it's a different conversation. It's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Right. You're, you're molding the young minds of tomorrow, and yeah. it's, it's, it's so fun to be able to interact with them and teach them things that they never, they never knew they could do and exactly. encourage them to accomplish things they never knew and, they could accomplish. You know, like we said, we're here in the next couple of weeks and months right now, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll be getting some updates what the UIL is going to be doing, you know, for the, for the fall, you know, so, you know, like I said, prayers to these, uh, you know, the people that are going to make these decisions, you know, make sure that they come out. I mean, they're going to do what's best. You know, for these, uh, for our student athletes. So let's just, like I said, just pray for them. Stay positive. Stay positive, though. Stay supportive. That's the biggest thing we we can do as, you know, parents, people in the community. Just, you know, stay positive and encourage everybody to just stay together. Because if we don't stay together through this, it's going to go off the rails and no one's going to get to accomplish and and live out the dreams they want to live. Yeah, so. But look at that, man. Hey, I, big shout out. Big shout out. I don't know to who yet, but you know, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. Out. No, nah, big shout out. You know, like I said, hopefully just keep on. Let, let, our, let our sports come back slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. We're tired of talking about all this COVID stuff. But, I know. I mean, there's not much else we can discuss at this point. Yeah. Unless you want to talk about Gruden baseball. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I try not to stay up. But we could. I think we're, you know, in future episodes, we're gonna throw some more uh, fun, entertaining uh, conversations yep. out there and discussions, like we did the Mount Rushmore of the, our Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah, we got some stuff. We'll do. We'll, we've got some stuff planned that we're gonna bring to you guys. You know, we'll do a college football uh, huge segment over some things that mm-hmm. that are near and dear to us in the college football world throughout history. Yeah, but hey, if you uh, like I said, if you want to be part of the show. Please hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. You know, those are our social media platforms right now. You know, so please give us just a simple shout out on Facebook. Really, or Instagram, whatever you use. Whatever is easy to you. 
whatever you use. Yeah. yeah and you give can us just, a shout out. You know, email us yeah. at bombcity.lockerroomtalk. Like James has gotten so much better at getting <laughs> the guys on interviews and we'll get you plugged in. You don't have to be here with us. You could be right on your phone or your laptop, whatever you got. Right. We've used Skype. So, we've used Zoom. We've even used just a phone call. Uh, whatever it is, we can get you on and we can, we can exactly. get you involved in the conversation and the interviews are something that, um, we want to continue. We're going to bring you quality interviews. I mean, the Billy Sims and Ziggy hood and you know, Ziggy. Julian Reese. We, we, oh, yeah, we really, oh, yeah. yeah, we're, we're appreciative of all those guys, you know, providing the time for those interviews and we'll have more to come in the future. Exactly. So give us a shout out. On our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Exactly. And please go support your local businesses. Rocket Brews, great friends of ours. Yep. You need to go, if you haven't already, try the drink of the month. It changes. It's about to change again. Um, Don't drive away because you see a long line. It's well worth the wait. Yes, and it goes fast. It really does. If If you got 15 minutes to wait, that's not long. Nah. And it's totally, like James said, it's totally worth it. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Alex and Jesse are great guys. Uh, you know, I grew up with them. They're close friends of mine. They they put their love, passion, and soul into everything they do. And those drinks are are a testament to that passion that they have. Absolutely. So, well, absolutely. guys, Aaron. It's been a, good, been a good talk. Good talk tonight, you know. Appreciate. We promise we'll bring you in the next week's episode a little bit sooner. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. We just had a little, you know, busy week. Busy week. End bumps, of the week. Bumps, bumps in the road. But we'll, we'll, we'll keep pushing this, this content out to oh, you yeah. guys. We're going to have some fun stuff coming up. And please tune in to our other podcast, you know, the main Bomb City Locker Room Talk podcast. We're oh, covering yeah. the 90s. Shoot, yeah, man. There's nothing better than the 90s. Nothing better than uh, some sync, right, Aaron? Oh, dude. <laughs> Don't get me started. I'll get my frost. I'll frost his motherfucking hair right now. <laughs> you gonna frost your tips? Please don't do that. You'll yes. you will scare everyone away. I probably yeah. Well, did you didn't do that back in the day? Did you? I got black hair. It's hard to. Well, yeah. <laughs> and plus, my dad would have whipped my ass. <laughs> did, did you Did you grow your hair out though? I, no, I couldn't. My dad whooped my ass. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so we're going to have part two of the 90s episode this week. We'll have Joseph back, and we'll have a full crew to come at you. So so stay, stay tuned, everybody. All right. Y'all have a good night. This is Aaron Pena. James Fairchild. Thank you guys for listening to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast and tuning in to Locker Room Hype. <laughs>